0: is it a gadget is it a gizmo no it's gadgets and gizmos with steve kaplan and simon rose here we are again at least i didn't break into song you didn't break into
1: song and i think that's uh, something we'll be grateful for. (laughs) yes probably because i can't remember any of the other lines
0: but what have you got for us today
1: Well, we're back to Amazon again and a a range of new products that they've brought out, the most interesting ones being updates to Alexa. When I say updates, not quite yet, forthcoming updates. Mm. Alexa, you mean
0: mean that that sort of helpful assistant that today told me that uh, an author I'm following has a book out today, the same book that Amazon is delivering today? She's not all that bright at times.
1: Uh Though that's true, um, Amazon Music also recently informed me that I might like to hear the new album from J.S. Bach. Oh, 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 it's
0: good to know he's still coming out. It with is them. good to know, isn't it?
1: So they've <laughs> added a lang- large language model to mm. Alexa's AI, which they say will make it more conversational and casual. And in the demo, their senior vice president with the rather unfortunate name of David Limp, Asked it right. how his favourite football team was going. Alexa not only remembered what his team was, but remembered to use a joyful voice if it had won not a sad voice if it had lost. Mm. Anyway, okay. so I'm sure that's going to make all our lives is. a lot better.
0: I got told by my son the other day for not thanking Alexa for informing me of something. I had to point out to him that it didn't make any difference whether you did thank him or not. She didn't respond.
1: She usually responds when you say thank you. No, Never. Hey, that's to me. Oh, I'm very ungrateful, Alexa, clearly. You clearly have. We should beat her with a sharp stick. Yes.
0: Yes. Mind, we probably shouldn't even mention her name because all over the world, people are now saying Alexa, stop. Because...
1: They probably are. <laughs> yes. yes. <laughs> well, we could just say Alexa, stop. And then, then that's we're true. Yes, yes, and then
0: it's all done. It's all done.
1: They have also up, uh, about to update their Echo Show, which is basically Alexa, stop, with mm. a screen attached. And if you have a fairly recent Alexa show, Echo show, mm. you don't need to say that word anymore, the one preceded by yes, stop. Yes, yes. You just have to look at the screen to talk to it and it'll know that you're looking at it, which is a bit scary because it means it's looking at you all the time to see if you're looking at it. But then
0: the existing ones are listening to you all the time in case you
1: want to talk to them. There's a difference between listening to you and looking at you.
0: Yes, possibly too. As a matter of interest with the early Echo dots, there was this lovely nice sort of ribbed um covering they have. It doesn't half gather dust. Ah, yeah. With no real instruction. I should I ask suppose, I should yeah. ask,
1: you know who? You should probably dust. Should, it. Yes.
0: I, I don't see it, the dust just seems to remain whatever you
1: do. Ah, yeah. Well, I think the dust has a side they've had it too long and need to buy a new one.
0: Well, that's that's possibly very true. Yes. Yes.
1: Okay. On on now to Meta, our second least favorite <laughs> yes. uh, of the of the large conglomerates. And Ray Ban have teamed up with Meta to make sm- their new version of their smart glasses with Meta AI built in, where it'll answer questions for you hmm. using the Meta AI, which is their version of Chat GBT, and it will translate menus when you look at them, and they also say it'll identify landmark buildings. Now, if you're on your holiday and standing in front of a landmark building and don't know what it is, I think you need an awful lot more help than just a pair of glasses from Meta. Well, this is perhaps
0: for the, if it's Tuesday, it must be Belgium tourists.
1: I suppose so, yes. Anyway, it'll be on sale sometime later this year for £299. I don't think I will bother with those who don't like the sound of it.
0: And do you know what they look like? Because the, the 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 Google smart glasses, I mean everybody thought looked absolutely ludicrous. And of course these... it's very obvious then that people were looking through smart glasses at you.
1: Well, yes, these don't look ludicrous, but they look like a pair of slightly chunky sunglasses. Mm. Anyway. Okay. Let us move on to the sad tale of Roger Stywood. Have you heard of Roger Stywood? I have not. Well then let's hear about him. Okay. Cheap. On the Friday after the Feast of Assumption, 15th of August, 1326, the coroner and sheriffs of London were informed that Roger Stywood of Hampton lay dead of unnatural causes in the high street of Cheap, in the ward of Candlewick Street. Having summoned a... Hmm, OK. Well, there we go. You, you cut it off rather abruptly there. There was um, a bit of a nice tail-off. Oh,
0: well, I did... I no, did never mind. I did it nothing. doesn't matter.
1: There were some bells that came in at the end. I thought you might like to hear, Paul. Okay, I, can, I can try well, pressing it
0: again. Maybe it'll do that. On the Friday. No, after it, doesn't. no it just goes right back to the uh-huh. beginning again. Okay. I have no idea why it did
1: that. Well, the reason that poor Roger Steinwood was murdered was because he'd been carrying a bucket of eels, which he'd been selling on Caldwainer Street, in the city of London, and he discarded the used eel skins opposite the shop of a man called Simon Peckham, who then beat him to death along with his his uh, assistant, and that is the sad tale of what is Now, why? Since that yes, happened, that, that is the question ago, that's forming. Yes, <laughs> why is it of interest now? Because the University of Cambridge has just produced the Medieval Murder Maps website, which records coroner's inquests mainly from the 14th century in London, York, and uh, Oxford, which is a little curious for the University of Cambridge, but there we go in Oxford.
0: Well, yes, except I read a report today saying that essentially the University of Cambridge, the students were basically going around topping each other the whole time. Presumably, you know, disagree with somebody in a lecture, that could be the end of you. Well, so Cambridge is very happy to say that Oxford <laughs> was once mur- medieval murder capital of the world.
1: Yes, well, as we know from Inspector Wars, Oxford is indeed the murder capital yes, of the world a- now.
0: absolutely.
1: So you, you get an interactive map of each of these three cities mm-hmm. and you can drag around the map and you can see what's, what, was, what grisly deed took place at each location. You can also filter by the time of day by the day itself, by whether the murderer or the victim was male or female, and by the weapon used. So if you can only want to see murders by sword, knife, pike staff, or bow and arrow, then you can check that out. You can also see large numbers of deaths through accident or illness. It's rather good. Uh, The only problem is it's medievalmurdermap.co.uk. That the, the website works reasonably well on desktop, but is very hard to use on mobile, which th- things you're likely to be wandering the streets saying, I wonder what yes. happened around about here is, I yes. think, a bit of an oversight.
0: And I'm assuming that they're, they're spelling medieval the sort of the more modern way, because it used to be spelled around the more complicated way, didn't it? It
1: used to have an extra A in the middle. Yes. It yes. no longer does. Okay. I think that was dropped as just being a, a waste of pixels. Okay, okay okay. But you think it's worthwhile having a look at? Well I'll oh we can have
0: a look at. Did you find out did you sort of enter your own location where you live in London? Was well, your of area course, a, no, a hotbed because, of
1: murder? Well, back in the fourteenth century oh, yes, my course. area was open fields. Oh yes, of course it was. And I suspect course. yours was. So it is really just yeah. the city of London. It was only London in those days. Darn. Okay.
0: Interesting. Oh, right. Intriguing. Well, I'm I'm due after we record this. I'm due to go to a, a leaving do in the city of London. I have no idea what to talk to people about. I have been in the city for ages. I shall look at this first and then say, did you know some, somebody was killed dropping eelskins only
1: yards away from where we now exactly. stand? Exactly. Thank you. So, on now to some uh, Swedish scientists who have managed the first successful RNA extraction from an extinct species. And mm-hmm. they say that they may well be able to resurrect the extinct species from. Uh, I, I'm from going to ask RNA.
0: you a difficult question now. What's in between an RNA and DNA?
1: Oh, uh, RNA is the tool that instructs your cells on what to do with the DNA.
0: Oh, okay, right.
1: Yeah, you should. You so, should have been
0: a, a, a science teacher, really. I think you
1: could. I probably should. I understood that answer. <laughs> <laughs> well, the 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 animal in question is called a thylacine from hmm. Tasmania, uh, which was a pest, and it was killed by the European settlers in the nineteenth century. Hmm. Uh, it's a carnivorous marsupial,
0: and a pest, and they want to revive it.
1: Well, given that the only known record we have of people resurrecting extinct animals in Jurassic Park didn't end all that well, I'd have Mm. thought a carnivorous marsupial is perhaps not the one to go for as a first attempt. But there we go. I'm sure they know what they're doing. (laughs) Oh Yes, because as we
0: discover (laughs) week after week on this program, scientists always know what they're doing.
1: They They can't name their
0: projects, but they know what they're doing. No. And um, We haven't well, had one of these, have we? So we these. have one of these. Uh, yeah.
1: Now the Mini launched back in 1959, hmm. and they are now celebrating their uh, 64th anniversary. I mean, I don't know why they're doing it now, but they're doing it now, and to celebrate it,
0: 64 is an odd thing to celebrate odd, unless you're a Beagle fan.
1: Yes. Well, they are they are about to bring out their Mini e-bike their first electric bicycle Mm. of which they are building only 1959 in the limited run Mm. that's actually 1959 of each of the sizes so it's slightly more than that it's a very pretty bike it has a built-in touch screen it has anti-theft locks it's disabled when you take your key out and if someone tries to move it then the alarm goes off and lights flash Mm. and if they do manage to steal it then you can track it via gps you can get it or oh, pre-order it. order it. It's not pre order Why do people start <laughs> saying pre everything? Yes. You can order it. Not as so bad from, as
0: pre-owned, do you remember? You, you, cars suddenly didn't weren't used anymore. They were pre-owned.
1: Pre-loved, I think you'll find Pre-loved. Oh yes. good gracious, even worse. Right. Exactly. So en.mini hyphen ebikes.com, which is curiously a French site, I'm not entirely sure why. Uh where you can get it for a mere three and a half thousand euros. Which, frankly, is quite a lot for uh, any kind of bicycle. It is. I'm, it is going, to, I'm going to. I'm
0: going to next week. I shan't be around to record this because I'm going to the city that sort of helped make Minis even more famous. Uh, the Turin scene of the Italian Job. We'll be you going are to that. Getting around, aren't you? Yeah, we're going going to that sort of weird building. Um, the minis went, you know, the triangular sort of one the minis went on top of and various other things. And apparently BMC, I think it was BMC at the time, British Motor Corporation, just didn't cooperate with the filmmakers at all. They didn't think it was good good for the mini, uh. which is ludicrous. Whereas Fiat virtually offered them absolutely everything they wanted, as many cars as they could destroy. But they had to decide in the end they had to go with a British car. Uh. Just as well they didn't go with the Hillman Imp.
1: Yes, or the Reliant Robin, which perhaps would have uh, not lasted quite as long.
0: (laughs) It's true. Yes, yes. Well, it's probably a good moment for us to take a pause, and then we'll be back with yet more Gadgets and Gizmos.
1: Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What
0: to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Indeed, chair Radio, and you're listening to Gadget and Gizmos. I'm Simon Rose. He's Steve Kaplan. Where do we go now?
1: Well, we were talking about cars uh, a little while ago, mm. so now let's talk about Leitner Designs from the United States who've invented a new roof box for cars. Now, I don't know if you ever put a roof box on your car. I have. They're, they're, they're good storage, but the trouble is you have to get on top of them in order to feed them. And if you have a fairly tall car, as mm. I do... That means perching, opening one of the side doors and perching on the sill and Mm. then stretching Mm. up. And it's all rather awkward. And they've come up with the idea of a roof box that opens at the side, which is so blindingly obvious, I can't think why no one else thought of it.
0: Because of late, I mean, I'm sure it's happened for a while, but um, uh, lorries do the same thing now. And that seems incredible. So you can actually get to you know the whole length of the lorry yeah some of those things are those yes that's
1: terribly clever
0: you wonder is why it? nobody thought of it why. earlier
1: anyway you can um pre-order it <laughs> mm. whatever that means <laughs> yes. from lightnerdesigns.com uh, for $699 plus $1300 for the roof rack
0: that's a lot of money for it's not a having lot to of purge money. on it is your side door you yes. could buy a
1: pretty decent ladder for somewhat less than that couldn't you
0: well, I'm not sure my car cost me much more than that.
1: Well, exactly, yes. <laughs> yes. Okay, onwards. Onwards. And another new product. This is uh, from Fuji, and mm-hmm. it is the Instax camera. And it is possibly the smallest camera they've ever made. It's about the size of a golf ball. Ooh. And it's, it's almost round. And it's a four megapixel camera with no viewfinder. Uh, and it stores 50 pics that you can send to your phone, or you get it in combination with the Mini Link 2 printer, both of them out together in October, for $200, which includes a 10-pack of film. So I've been thinking about this. So it's a very low-resolution camera mm. with no viewfinder, so you can't really tell what you take. I was going to
0: with. ask how you use it.
1: Yes, exactly. Well, you it it comes with a ring. You're supposed to wear it on your on your hand with a ring right. and then the ring is the thing that you'll appear through looking vaguely in the right direction to, to take your your picture but it occurred to me that if you do want the equivalent your phone whatever phone you've got even yours will take vastly better pictures than this little fuji camera will do
0: mm-hmm.
1: and you can get a kodak wireless printer for about 70 quid with a 50 pack of, of prints for 25 so I think honestly, why anyone would, why would they make a thing like this that is clearly useless as a camera, fairly useless as a gadget? I don't, I don't get really where they're coming from on there. But there we go, one of those well, curious things.
0: We'll have to see, yes, what people's reviews are like if they do actually fall for we'll it. We will have to do that.
1: I think we should move on to our crowdfunding time of the week. Don't we? in that case, you can have a fanfare. And there's a curious thing, whenever you watch spy movies or movies in which people are breaking into houses at night for mm. whatever reason, they always end up holding their torches in their mouths. Have you noticed that? Yes. While they're cracking a safe or picking a lock. or well, yeah, the cracking a safe I
0: can sort of understand, though, you know, I think my son would probably lend them one of his head torches. Which well, arose. exactly.
1: Exactly. Why don't they go and buy a head torch? But then I mean, You can get them for a couple of quid. Yes, but then the same thing happens that when when
0: police or or SWAT teams or something are sort of searching houses. They also seem to carry a torch while they're doing, which just indicates the people who've got guns exactly where they are. Exactly. <laughs> well,
1: there must be a good reason for that. Mm, maybe. I don't know. Maybe it's to terrorize them. So, so head torches absolutely are the best thing. The trouble with head torches is that like real torches, they only shine straight in front of them. So you have a rather limited field of view. Mm hmm. Well, that is all put to rights by the adaptive, adaptive—not a good name—but adaptive headlamp, which is now fundraising on Kickstarter, which is a head torch and it has the standard forwards torch, but it also has four side mm-hmm. lights um, fixed onto the, the regular one, pointing up, down, left, and right, and they activate automatically when you turn your head. So if you're you know, sitting there cracking mm-hmm. your safe. And someone comes in the door you turn your head to the left and then that side of the room lights up so the person can see exactly where you are so you can or you put the other way so you can see the window for your for your rapid escape mm-hmm. but i think it's a rather clever idea well, it again, is 860 was... lumens which is about mm-hmm. a little bit more than a typical 60 watt bulb so actually a pretty bright torch and mm-hmm. the first torch i can think of that actually has a gyroscope built into it, so it knows how you're tilting and now, what you're looking I at. I know you
0: love a good head torch, so are you you're going to get one of these?
1: I'm probably not going to get one of these, because frankly, the only torch I need is in my phone.
0: I thought you I thought you used head torches sometimes when you were working. I
1: have a, a, a baseball cap, which has a torch <laughs> built into the rim. And I find that actually rather more comfortable than thought. I'm quite. I would love to
0: it. see you in a baseball cap. That doesn't seem the sort of thing you would normally wear.
1: It is not my standard attire, though. No. no, but of course um, the only
0: way you can wear baseball caps is
1: back to front. That wouldn't be exactly. very useful. it <laughs> would just light up whatever was behind you. <laughs> yes. good for the person following you on a dark night, I suppose. Anyway, so this one, their launch offer is at forty-one pounds, which I think is quite reasonable, and it's on Kickstarter until the twenty-sixth of October. Also, very light. Ninety six grams, which is round about three ounces, which I think mm. is you know, really very good. Adaptive headlamp. Check it out on Kickstarter. See if you like the, the look of it. Okay. And let us know if you Thank don't. You. All right.
0: I'll give you one of these. Thank you.
1: Now, we talked a couple of weeks ago about the problem with AI books being published on Amazon. Uh, most mm-hmm. notably, we were talking about an, uh, several AI field guides to mushrooms. I remember you saying, yes. Which uh, advised things like tasting a mushroom to see if it was poisonous, hmm. <laughs> which I think is <laughs> not, not the best of advice. And, and and, not only
0: that, I think I saw something in the paper there with a warning mm-hmm. about um, uh, mushroom identification apps. Ah, yes. Where apparently, you're not
1: quite as good at distinguishing the deadly ones from the safe ones as people might like. No, you'd really want something to be pretty good. Yeah. I think if you're going to go and forage for mushrooms, take someone with you who knows about mushrooms. I think yeah. that really is the best advice in this case. Don't just rely on YouTube. Hi, guys. What's up? Here's a mushroom. Why don't you try <laughs> yes. it? Yes. So Amazon are trying to crack down on AI books um, because i have noticed that people who write, in inverted commas, AI books, mm-hmm. tend to publish dozens of them on the same day. And they figured out that no real author could actually write dozens of books in a day. <laughs> oh, so now One limiting. a day is
0: normally my limit, yes.
1: <laughs> well, they're now limiting the number of books that an author can publish to three a day. That's ludicrous. <laughs> it is. It's ludicrous. I suppose if someone's got a bad catalogue of their books, they want to bung them all up there in one go. I don't think it's going to do very much to stop the advent of all these AI books on Amazon, but who knows? Right. Maybe. Okay. Anyway, talking of AI. Have, can AI we just roll generated... back a second? Oh, yes. Has well, there
0: actually been any good AI books yet? Has anybody sort of
1: come forward and said, you know what,
0: this is a really good book and it was written by AI? Presumably not. I don't not. think
1: so. I think people who, bought them or just regretting the fact that their yeah. point books obviously weren't written by people yeah. so and an, an image generated by ai won the first place in the colorado state fair art show this year mm. it was by a chap called jason allen and he produced it using Midjourney, and it's a, actually a very beautiful image the united states copyright office says it can't be copyrighted because it wasn't created by humans and he said well hang on a minute i wrote all the prompts to create this yes. image and actually writing prompts to create any kind of ai is a very arcane art in its own in its hmm. own right it is something that you have to learn That do a lot of trial and error and quite a lot of effort goes into it but they've said no it's not made by humans therefore you can't copyright it which a is bit interesting. tough it's it is a bit tough but it's an interesting test case i think because that's now such precedent although precedents of course are not as important in american law as they are no, in english no, no. law but uh, it's 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 a good image and it's a, he obviously worked quite hard to produce it even though he never actually put a pen to paper
0: oh well, i feel no, sorry for him hmm.
1: and finally we haven't mentioned elon musk yet so i think it's probably <laughs> time that we did We've talked about uh, Neuralink, which is his brain chip chip implant, and they're now looking for a human trial subject. Now, bear in mind that there have been at least 1500 animal fatalities since he started Mm. uh, researching um, the Neuralink, uh, although Musk says that most of the monkeys were already terminal by the time he used them. Right. I don't entirely know. Most. <laughs> Most, yes. yes. Uh, I don't even just chose very old monkeys or ill monkeys or any uh, monkeys. Anyway, so they're looking for the right person. The human subject has to be quadriplegic, has to be 22 years or older, at least a year since whatever caused their quadriplegia with mm-hmm. uh, no improvement and with no seizures or pacemaker fitted. And they have to be prepared for a six-year study. So it's quite a big ask. But then, you know, if I were quadriplegic and I had the opportunity of Elon Musk digging around in my brain, I might think, well, it might be worth a go. Um, what is the actual aim? The aim is to be able to control devices by thought.
0: Right. Which would be... Extremely useful to somebody who's yes. quadriplegic. Yes, so I I and mean, see, we've seen
1: plenty of of examples of this with with people with the headsets clamped yes, onto yes, them that yes. pick up your your brain waves This is the kind of same kind of thing without the headsets. I think maybe just the headset is a better option for now, unless some poor guy steps forward and says, "Yes, what have I got to lose?" Hmm. Hmm. Well, intriguing. I'm not altogether sure how much I would trust Elon Musk. No, I mean, be... Elon Musk is, is bad enough where he is, let alone implanted into your head. Yes. I think yes. That's probably the wrong place for him to be.
0: Yes, and he calls his son X, and now his company.
1: He, and yes. now his company. He yes. has a new son with an even more ridiculous name, uh, okay. which momentarily escapes
0: <laughs> That's fine. I don't think you're likely to need to know it anytime soon. Um, but that's it for this edition of Gadget and Gizmos. We'll be back in a fortnight's time. Uh, with even more when I come back from, from Turin after looking at all those Italian job locations. My thanks to Steve Kaplan. That's it, though, for Gadgets and Gizmos.
1: Is it a gadget? Is it a gizmo? No, it's Gadgets and Gizmos with Steve Kaplan and Simon Rose.